Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, where we're looking at today's digital revolution from a lot of different perspectives. And over the last six months, as we all know too well these days, the uh, this whole revolution has taken on new dimensions. But I think everybody has is digging through this. We're getting along as best we can. And we're delighted today, as always, to have one of our new Digital All-Star Monthly guests, Bonnie Tinder, who's the CEO and founder at Raven Intel. Bonnie's going to be with us today, as always, to talk about what's going on from the customer side and how these folks are dealing with new modern technology. Bonnie, welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Can't wait. Yeah, Bonnie, before we start, you, you know, you, you always have arresting a, a backdrops there. Could you tell us a little bit about what we're seeing? Absolutely. So um, this picture, black and white, um, behind me is actually the town that I live in, the suburb of Park Ridge, uh, uh, Chicago. And um, this actually happens to be sort of a, a monument, a theater in the center of town. And um, that's what it actually looks like even today. So it looks like we're set back in time. Um, but it's it's one of the, the, um, the icons, if you will, of, of my, my town here in Park Ridge. And then I have my my orchids, which uh, hopefully will lead to more calm. <laughs> we all need. <laughs> Bonnie, that, that's true. We all need it these days. And it sounds like, you know, there might be a particular need for calm in your household. It sounds like you, you've been uh, tearing some things up there around the place. Absolutely. Uh, and you got it. Calm uh, is, is, is needed right now. We just <laughs> finished up. Uh, a, a very large house construction project. Uh, in fact, this week uh, we had our grand reveal. And um, so for the last six weeks, we've been under construction. And I don't know if it was the stay at home order or you know too many episodes of um, a fixer upper, but we decided <laughs> to do this, this huge project um, and uh, we're very disrupted in the process, but um, certainly glad to be at the, the tail of end, end of things, and, and it turned out great, um, but boy, it wasn't easy. Well, Bonnie, well, congratulations for getting through that, and I think you had some ideas. You said, uh, you know, going through the process you've just done there with your home construction, and then also uh, I guess in ways of trying to keep yourself sane throughout that, you said that there was a parallel that came to you about uh, what what these uh, home projects can sort of be like. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I thought throughout the project that there are so many parallels to what I hear customers going through during their digital transformation projects. And, um, you know, so I certainly had a lot of really tough lessons learned throughout the process. But I'll tell you, it gave me an even greater empathy um, for what you know customers. I know customers are going through uh, during a, a digital transformation project. So I, I actually came up with some some uh, thoughts that maybe could be helpful for anybody who's going through one or thinking about going through one in the future um, about you know expectations. Um, and I certainly have lived through that, and I'd be happy to share some. Some words of wisdom. Uh, as you said, there's probably some parallels there, but I, I just wanted to toss in one thing quickly, and then really eager to hear, you know, your thoughts on this. Um, one of the the CEOs of one of the the, the top technology companies is actually Google Cloud, number four on the CloudWorks top ten is Thomas Curian, and he started there about a year and a half ago at the beginning of 2019, and he said one of the 
cultural challenges that had to take place at Google Cloud was he said there was no question that the company had phenomenal technology and it was widely recognized inside and outside the company. But culturally, the organization had a tendency to look at their customers as not just imperfect, but, you know, why did you why did you do it this way? Why did you allow yourself over 40 or 50 or 60 years to build up a series of systems and software and mismatch this and that that, you know, isn't all perfect and homogenous and, uh, you know, calm and wonderful. So um, Thomas had said at the time, he said, it's one thing for us to have great technology, but if we cannot empathize with what our customers are going through and the situations that they are dealing with and need us to help them overcome, he said, you know, we're going to be of zero use to them. So uh, when you mentioned that about, you know, as it, your own personal experiences, giving you a new insight into what some customers are going through, that was really on the mark. And I think with the pressure people are under today from uh, time restrictions, faster time to innovation, faster time to value, move more quickly, change to adapt to the crazy circumstances, I think you've really hit on, you know, some terrific uh, topics to talk about, Bonnie. So please take it away. Yeah. And, you know, I would just add to that. As I heard you say, um, you know, how is it a company, you know, has sort of evolved over 40 years and, and has sort of this technology mess? Why is that? And, you know, I will say, you know, my house was built in the 1940s. We live in an older home. And there are reasons that the electrical was done a certain way or the plumbing was done a certain way. I mean, it was like what we had to work with at that period of time. You know, new constructions are great, but, you know, a lot of us live in a home that's not a new construction. There's a lot of benefit to this nice legacy that we have, this older home, um, you know, and, and so I think, you know, you adapt as time changes and, you know, really adding on and, and becoming more modern, um, but as you go is, is one of the realities of these, these companies that have been in business for 20, 30 years. Um, you know, what they did at the time was, was groundbreaking, but they have to evolve um, and, you know, with, with, the, with the times and with the technology as it's changed. We had an electrician down in the basement of our house, and when uh, the house is about 105 years old, when he, he went down, they stopped and looked around and said, oh, my God, he said, we could open a little, you know, the Museum of the History of Electrical uh, Systems and Wiring. He said, you got some of everything here. So, Bonnie, how would you lay this out? You know, what, what, what are the key lessons that you think people can take uh, in these days of you've got important, significant, strategic software implementations, which are always challenging in their own right. Then, as we were talking about a minute ago, these are happening at a time of profound change inside and outside the business, and at a time when there's in some ways, a greater sense of urgency to get to where I need to be as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. How do you advise people to, you know, deal with that? And what lessons could they perhaps learn? Yeah. You know, I think any of these digital transformation projects, um, they, if they're going to be, you know, impactful to your business, they're going to be big and complicated. Um, and to do them Right, um, you know, there's it's there's going to be challenges al along the way. I think number one is that if you're on a team and you're you're embarking on one of these these projects, you need to be sort of 
prepared for disruption. Um, you know, the same way that during the construction of, um, you know, our, our, our house remodel, you know, things were dusty and, um, you know, it really changed our, you know, daily lives to have to, to uh, live through the construction. I mean, it's very similar for customers who are going through a project. They have their full-time jobs to do, so does their project teams. And, um, you know, during that period of time that you're working on, you know, the, the implementation of these new softwares, you, you have to be prepared for that and know that, um, you know, getting good at prioritizing what's important and being able to balance, here's my project and here's my, you know, the role that I play within the company that I still need to, to fulfill um, you know, there, there's going to be some trade-offs there. And I would say, you know, a lesson learned is, is, you know, number one, ask for help as you need it um, from your team members to help for your time to focus yourself on, on the important priorities uh, in a project um, and really be transparent with your team members about, you know, what's competing um, for mindshare, you know, during the course of a project, because it's going to be hard to balance everything and and make sure that that things are are getting done. Um, you know, there are many times during the course of our project, my husband and I looked at ourselves, and you know, there was there was all kinds of of things that came up, and you know, we questioned is is it worth what we're doing here, and that is probably what you're going to feel like in the middle of these projects because they can be very challenging, very complex. Um, but you know, keeping sort of that end goal in sight, knowing that it's going to be challenging along, along the way, even in even if you have the best team, you have the best software. Um, you know, these projects are not—they're not going to just be as as easy as if you know you just had your regular job. So. You, you want to prepare, number one, prepare for disruption um, because, you know, anything significant worth having is going to be challenging. Bonnie, yeah, I don't mean to go overly, you know, Dr. Phil on you, but is it, it, it would you uh, encourage people, do you have to sort of embrace the disruption? I think you do. I think you do. And not that you necessarily going to enjoy the journey, <laughs> but, you know, you need to um, know that it's going to, it, those type of things, like, you know, figure out, you know, what, what the, the silver lining in some of those situations are. And, you know, um, they're not short projects either. So um, you should take what you can in terms of, of sort of like how that's, you know, the, the good aspects of it and enjoy the journey, I guess. Um, you know, in, in the end, in the end, you'll look back and, and really be glad you did it. Yeah, things to learn along the way. Um, mm -hmm. Great. What what else, Bonnie, do you have for us? What what other you know key lessons and insights could you share? You know, I I think um, secondly, well, projects are always going to take longer than you think that they would. And you know, we started out our uh, project plan. You know, we I had my we had our um, you know, project management system all updated with, you know, each piece of this project and we had a solid contractor. We had a really good team, um, you know, and, you know, even still, we were late. And I think 
you, you want to expect that your best laid plans are, um, are, are, are great, um, but things are probably going to take twice as long as you think that, that they, they should. And you're during a course of a project, you're going to have people issues. Um, you know, somebody unexpectedly has to go out on a leave, or you're going to find things that come up that you hadn't necessarily planned for that you couldn't have planned for, like COVID-19. None of us really saw that coming. And that certainly pulled the rug out from a lot of customers going through a project. So, you know, this idea of having some resiliency during a project, I think is also key. Um, but, you know, lay out your plan, have a great, you know, uh, schedule in place and task list and, you know, be, be very cognizant of, you know, what, what your roadmap should look like in an ideal world, but know that even in the best, you know, in the best situations, projects usually go late. I certainly see it, you know, at Raven Intel, we do reviews of enterprise software projects 50% of the time, 50% of the time, customers say a project is late and about 10% of the time, it is four times later than they thought it would be. So even, and, and, and these are customers who said, hey, I, you know, our end result was great. Our consulting firm who helped us was great. Our software that we chose was great, but it just took four times as long because of, you know, any number of things that come up and they always do. Uh, I noticed over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, uh, airlines were getting beat up because of their on-time performance. So what they did was just stretch out the, the time from departure to arrival. Right. And they, uh, so these um, when you've got these businesses that are uh, one and a half or two or even four times uh, that the project has taken, you know, one and a half or two or four times longer than it should have. Is that because their initial projection of how long it would take was off or are no matter how well you plan, I think what you've been saying is you will hit unexpected things along the way and you can either try to ignore them and pay for it later, or you try to deal with them as they come up. Yes, yes. I think, um, you know, there are, you know, certainly there are cases where you, um, th that the initial time frame was overly aggressive, or you were given advice from uh, someone that was trying to just get you to to go through the, the process because it sounded really good on paper. Um, it, there's some, there's, there are definitely times that, you know, that the, the plan was not realistic to begin with. But I think what we see in a lot of cases though, is that all of a sudden you start peeling back the onion on a project and you realize that you didn't really have a false like lens into what was, what was really happening. I'll give you an example from my house project. We had an engineer and a contractor come in when we were removing a wall ahead of time from the very beginning and confirm this is not a weight bearing wall. And lo and behold, we start taking off the drywall. We're mid project, ready to bring that wall down. Mid project, we realized it actually was a weight bearing wall, but the only way anybody could have seen that was when the drywall came off. And I think that happens all the time with these projects is that you get involved with it and all of a sudden 
that old process that you know you thought you could just get rid of because it was so outdated and manual and all of those type of things there was sort of like reasons for all of those things that needed to happen and so it wasn't just a oh we'll just streamline it it's like okay well what you know 10 other things do we need to do to make sure that we can actually get it streamlined so I, I think that you know midpoint in a project there are things like that that come up there's situations there's also the people element too um you know i, I hear all the time um about you know a decision maker that held up a process because they you know were out of the office or on vacation or you know unavailable to get a process signed once everything was ready to go and then the project became two weeks behind because they were waiting on a single person's signature. So, so it's, there can be any number of these things that come up. It's just, you know, it's like you don't know what you don't know until you start. Excuse me for a moment. We're going to uh, hear from our sponsor, BMC. In a world that's changing faster than ever before, the biggest challenge for businesses is creating fabulous customer experiences. That objective requires actionable insights and real-time agility from one end of your business to the other. At BMC, they call this the Autonomous Digital Enterprise, and they've put together a set of solutions to help you anticipate what's coming, adjust accordingly, and acknowledge those changes from end to end. To start your journey to the autonomous digital enterprise, visit bmc.com slash ADE. That sounds like that could be helpful in a home construction project as well as uh, running a business. But Bonnie, I, you know, you just touched on people there and I want to go back very quickly to our last episode, which you were talking about how do you present uh, your, your case for a digital transformation project to the CFO with the highest likelihood of getting that CFO's, not just approval, but support. Yeah. And I know I thought it was fascinating that one of the big points that you brought up was about people. And you said, if you go to pitch a project to the CFO, and then you say, my project leader on this is going to be so-and-so, and the CFO, you know, checks a couple things, clicks a couple things on her phone and says, oh, that person that you rated as average is going to lead this project then the likelihood of the CFO is saying, well, if you're not really vested in it by putting your best people there, why the heck should I be vested in it? Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I just wanted to echo that because that episode that you did has been one of the uh, most popular that we've had at Cloud Wars Live over the last few months. And I think people really uh, were taking some things from that. So as you come back on it here as well, uh, not that somebody's not terrific, but people take vacations, you know, somebody's out for a little bit, these things can happen. So you plan for the best, but they have to be uh, resilient and flexible and nimble along the way, and not let these things spiral into something that becomes really troublesome. Yeah. And, and I would say, is any project, whether it's a home construction project, or it's a large scale digital transformation, it depends on the people that you have working alongside with you. So getting the right people, both internally and externally, is key because they're going to help you weather through the challenges and then celebrate the success at the end. So absolutely success is critical on the people that you have leading the project and working alongside you. We, we had some highly skilled uh, laborers and, and our contractor was great. All of those things, um, but... I was still super annoyed with them, right? And, and so the, the people side during a project, um, 
you will get annoyed with your project team, no matter how good they are. Um, and, you know, there are going to be times that you're going to be annoyed with your software vendor, you know, for certain things um, and people are busy. And so, you know, there's, there are, um, I think, just simple communication tools that you can, you can help, um, how should I say, emphasize during the process that make, would make things better. So I'll give you, for instance, on my, my project here. Um, we, we had contractors that had other work that they were doing too. So they would say nine o'clock and they'd show up, you know, not until one o'clock. Well, that sort of slows everything else down and now we're late with the project. You know, and I think to myself, you know, that's the reality of projects. You know, everybody has competing schedules, time, priorities, personal, you know, lives as well. Um, but simple things like, hey, I'm running late. This task is, you know, falling behind. And I'm, you know, just to let you know ahead of time, I think the earlier that you can be transparent about what's going on and you can enforce that your team members doing the same, do the same thing, it's the, the, those sort of people communication issues that like can get people's emotions on high and again not necessarily derail the project but make it less enjoyable and sort of you know just understanding the people equation and sort of having this common communication um guideline with the team i think is really helpful um but the expectation that you're going to get annoyed with your team no matter how good you are, they are, I, I think, uh, know that. Here you're dealing with, you know, this extraordinarily uh, sophisticated technology, uh, you know, very, very powerful software. It's modern, really state-of-the-art, got, you know, infused with artificial intelligence and machine learning capabilities and so on. Yet, one of the uh, drags on this or obstacles along the way that you've described has nothing to do with technology. It's about human-to-human -human communication. Yeah. All right, interesting. So, Bonnie, I imagine somewhere in this story here, you're going to tell us about the, the impact of money. Oh, absolutely. So, I would say the other lesson learned here is projects always cost more than you think you would, that, they, that you think they would. And, um, you know, the, the same, I think, with, you know, as we were talking about time and the expectation of, you know, double the time that you think that. Um, it's going to be, and that's probably more likely. I think with um, budget and the cost, um, double it and then maybe, you know, put another, you know, 50% on top of that too. Um, and again, this is not, hey, we didn't do enough planning up front um, and, you know, or we, you know, got bait and switched with, you know, the consulting contract. Certainly, again, those things happen. But what's more likely is that you get this scope creep mid in the project. What I called it with my husband was this, this uh, while we're at it clause. That meant like every time that the wall was down, we're like, you know, or we had, you know, all of this construction and everything moved out anyways. We're like, well, while we're at it, might as well get a new dishwasher or might as well add an upgrade that we hadn't planned if we're going to do this right. And so I think it's very similar in the course of a, a transformation project. 
that there are going to be things that come up that you see as being able to enhance the final result and impact of your project that either you didn't know about before or all of a sudden you know user experience testing told you know told you hey this would be a, a better solution here we might need to add a new module or we might need to add a new sort of phase to the project and you know it's it's hard to say hey i'm i'm spending twice as much as i thought i would or you know you know two and a half times as much i thought as i thought i would on the other hand if what you are doing that extra cost is truly going to add to the impact that you can bring your company look at it as an investment i mean it's certainly hard to sell anything now where it's it's costing twice as much right it was hard for me to sell that in, internally here at my house on the other hand you know my husband's a realtor and so all of these upgrades that we did that we didn't thought we were going to do you know, he's filling out the listing sheet because our house will be more, worth more when we go to sell it. And so we look at those sort of short-term costs as investments and things that we will, that will pay us back um, at the end as, as well as we'll be able to enjoy them while we're living in the house. And I think the parallel there with somebody going through a transformation is exactly the same. If you can, if it's going to cost more, but you can justify the results that it will bring don't know that you're going to probably spend extra during a project anyways but look at that as sort of the cost of of really adding extra impact to your business and, and a return on investment uh bonnie that that's that's again you know very interesting and it's um it sounds to me like you have lived through these sorts of things right you didn't read about this in a book did you you know some of these lessons you've had to uh, earn them and learn them, you know, somewhere along the way. So, uh, do do you think that do, do people get this or writers, you know, maybe it's human nature to say, ah, you know, hey, Bonnie, that's interesting, but I'm not going to do it that way. You know, I'm not going to have cost overruns, and in fact, I'm going to make my project come in early and ahead of budget. Do you ever see that happen? For sure, and you know, I'm, I mean, I I live and breathe project, um, how should I say, reviews all day long. So I, our, the company that I founded is, is based upon a look back and measuring the success of projects. And there are certainly projects that come in on time, on budget, sort of everything, you know, um, check the box, it was done exactly as was planned. Um, and yet, I have lots of customers who say it was twice as much time as I thought, um, you know, because we changed the scope mid project um, and that took us extra time and it was, uh, you know, lots more expensive than we thought it would. But they still rated their project as excellent, right? Five stars. They still rated the consulting company that helped them as amazing because they saw those sort of things not necessarily as uh, a negative impact on you know the the project it wasn't like oh this was horrible um you know but on the other hand there's many projects that still are very successful maybe even more successful than those that were on time and on budget because they spent the extra time to make sure that success 
was um, was truly about business impact at the end, not just checking the box. Hey, we came in on time, we came in on budget, and we're on to the next thing. I mean, those those companies and those projects that that look at the goal live as you know, um, the, how how are we? How did we impact the business? How did we achieve the goals that we thought that we would? As more of the uh, the the you know, and you know the end state versus hey we just we just came in exactly what our spreadsheet said that we should. I, I'm thinking in some ways, Bonnie, you know those those uh, sort of cliches, but you know there's some to it. Uh, nothing ventured, nothing gained, uh, but it it sounds like there's a mindset, right? If you go into this with like a God bless project managers, they're wonderful. But if you go into this with a purely project mindset instead of a business value, customer value mindset, you might come in right on time, right on budget. But people look at that lane and say, wait a minute, why did we do this? Why did we tear up the floors and the walls for eight months to to do something 1%, 2% better? So uh, there's got to be then for the project leaders in this and the, the, the decision makers that you're talking to, Right. They've got to take a big, broad look at this and keep coming back to that point you've made over and over. Will the company be better off at the end of this, even though we've taken some twists and turns, we're going to spend more money than we thought, is the value that's going to accrue to the company from doing that going to be greater than what we had to invest to, to handle these unexpected or unforeseen uh, possibilities? In the end, you have to live in your house and you have to love it. And so to the extent that you can make sure that that happens during the course of the project, that when you move back in, everything is um, exactly as you want it, um, it's, it's worth the extra time, money, and challenge uh, to make sure, yeah, that you can live in it. So Bonnie, fascinating stories and ideas here. Do you have any, uh, do you have a closing thought for, uh, for our wonderful viewers? Um, I think, you know, back to something I think I, I said earlier, I just want to reiterate it. Anything significant worth having is going to be challenging. And I think digital transformation projects, I think house construction projects, um, you know, are worth, if they're, if they're worth doing, they're worth doing right. And um, just sort of setting up your expectations from the beginning so that you're flexible, that you're resilient, and that you know that the people side of the equation is really important. I think those are going to, um, you know, pay huge dividends as you go through the, the journey. And, um, you know, as much as possible, you got to enjoy it. Bonnie, that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, the, the real world, hard earned, hard learned experiences that you've had, I think it lends great credibility to these uh, insights and and uh, you know lessons that you're that you're sharing with everyone. So Bonnie, as always, thanks so much. It's it's just a, a pleasure to talk with you. Really love the background there in the room, and I'm excited to see you know what venue you'll be in next month. That's right. Got to switch it up. Well, right. thank you so much. Great always, talking. of course. Thanks, Bonnie, and folks. Thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We hope you've enjoyed these insights from. Bonnie Tinder of Raven Intel, and we look forward to seeing you next month or next week or tomorrow back here on Cloud Wars Live.